Welcome back to Straight from the Source. This is Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. If you're not an athletic subscriber, well, what are you waiting for? Go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source and you get in for $2 per month for 12 months. Two bucks a month for 12 months by going to theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Our guest today, not my guest today, our guest today, because Joe Smith will be joining this podcast momentarily, is Wild General Manager Bill Guerin. It's a good time to talk to him heading into uh, the holiday break, but also the holiday trade freeze. It's coming up on Monday, December 19th, the last to the 27th when uh, the team's um, come back from their holiday break. So we'll be talking to Bill Guerin about a lot of things. Um, we'll be talking about Sammy Walker and his impact the last couple days, um, last couple games coming up here. Um, we'll be talking to him. The Wild suddenly, if the cap only goes up $1 million, they have $15.5 million to spend um, this offseason as it sits right now. Uh, remember, for a while, we thought that the cap could potentially go up 4 or $5 million. Now it looks like, according to Bill, uh, Gary Bettman at the um, Board of Governors meeting, that it would only go up $1 million. And uh, that's true. These are the players the Wild have pending as free agents, either restricted or unrestricted next year. That's uh, Matt Boldy, Freddie Goudreau, Mason Shaw, Brandon Duham, Ryan Reeves, Kalen Addison, Matt Dumba, Philip Gustafson, Sam Steele. Well, good luck with all that. Uh, this is why uh, the Wild weren't able to sign Kevin Fiala. This is why they almost certainly can't go out and acquire Brock Besser. Um, they are going to have to get Matt Boldy under contract. You know they're re-signing Freddie Goudreau. Mason Shaw is definitely going to be back. Kalen Addison is definitely going to be back. I would think Philip Gustafson would be back, especially the way that guy is playing right now. He looks like a very uh, viable backup. Um, so the ones that might be redundant, we'll see. I mean, Brandon Duham is somebody that they love. They're going to want to resign. Um, it could be cost there. Um, Ryan Reeves very much could be uh, redundant. We'll see. Um, you know, he just unless he's going to take uh, little money, um, you know, it very much could be like a Nick Delorier situation last summer where the Wild wanted to bring him back but just couldn't afford what Philadelphia gave him in terms of term and money. So that could be affect them bringing back Ryan Reeves, even though you know Bill Guerin loves him. Uh, this is why I just don't think that they can or will afford Matt Dumba. I think that they're either going to trade him or he's going to go to free agency. Um, and then Sam Steele. Sam Steele is the one guy that as much as he's played well and has added something to the first line, um, unless he's coming back on the cheap, it might make sense for them to look at a Rossi or some other guys in the minors to take that position. But we'll see. Um, the other thing is Ryan Hartman, as I currently record this, is skating with Darby Hendrickson on the ice. And um, I started to get word yesterday during the game and before the game that Ryan Hartman wanted to return Friday night against the Chicago Blackhawks and was going to return Friday night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, so started sniffing around and um, was able to second and third source that. And it shocked me because the Wild haven't had a practice since Ryan Hartman's been back on the ice. They've had two morning skates and he's been skating a ton with the assistant coaches. But this is a guy that hasn't been back since October 30th. And I just thought that was a little weird that he would potentially play Friday without a full practice with his team where they're doing constant drills and bumping and all that stuff. But alas, I asked uh, Dean Evison in the postgame press conference last night after the Wild beat Detroit whether Hartman could play on Friday, and he said very much yet, yes, that they had just met with him, and they told him, if you're ready to play, we'll let you play as long as the doctors say yes. 
Um, so we could see Hartman back in the lineup, which means that Sammy Walker, unless there's suddenly an injury or a sickness, is going to come out of the lineup. I mean, there's no choice, right? Um, unless you're pulling Sam Steele from the lineup, maybe, but I don't think you're changing the fourth line with Reeves, Durer, and Shaw. Durer and Shaw are the best penalty killers on the team, and Reeves, we saw his impact last night against Detroit, which we'll talk about a little more here in a second. Um, you're not changing up the Erickson Eck line. Hartman's either going between Kaprizov or Zuccarello, or you're going to put him on the line with Goudreau and Boldy. And so if that happens, you know Steele's staying in the lineup. Now, if Steele, if Hartman goes back to his top line, do you keep Sammy Walker with Matt Boldy and Freddie Goudreau, or do you take, uh, or do you put Sam Steele there? I would like to see what Sam Steele and that skill could do with a Matt Boldy. Um, but we'll see. Maybe they ease Ryan Hartman back in. Um, playing with Boldy and then eventually get him back to that top line role. He needs to go back to the top line. I mean, this, like, I, I just don't understand why people are forgetting that this guy scored 33 even strength goals last season. 33 of his 34 goals would even strength. What is the biggest problem with the Wild right now? It is five on five play. What is the biggest problem with Zuccarello and Kaprizov right now? It's five on five production. They're getting most of their points on the power play. Ryan Hartman needs to go back to that line, period. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. This is one I can rant about forever. Um, like, it's just, it's amazing to me. I mean, there are people on Twitter that are telling me that, that Ryan Hartman should be scratched for Sammy Walker. Let's all take a deep breath, time out, and remember how good and impactful player Ryan Hartman was on this team last year and how much he has been missed the last six, seven weeks. Um, team has won nine of their last 12, though. They've won three in a row in regulation for the first time this year. They've won seven of their last eight at home, and they have a lot of winnable games coming up before the Christmas break. Chicago Blackhawks on a second of back-to-back come in town on Friday night, and then the Ottawa Senators come in town on Sunday afternoon, and then the Wild go to Anaheim, which by far is the worst team in the league. One regulation win in 30 games this season. Uh, they go to there to play there, and the Wild usually win in Anaheim, and then they play San Jose on the second of back-to-back, which will probably be the toughest game in this stretch. So, Wild Wild really have a chance to win. Um, you know, I don't want to say win out here, but they do. I mean, the, you know, there are definitely these are games that you want to peel off points with and make up for some of the losses that you had earlier in the season. Um, so we'll talk to Bill Guerin all about that stuff on who comes out and things like that. I have a lot of questions, too, from Twitter people. Um, uh, I, but you know what? A lot of those will be I'm going to be doing a War Seats in the House podcast with Anthony LaPanta on Friday. And then we got great, great questions on Twitter the other day from readers when I put it out before we uh, had to unfortunately postpone uh, the podcast that was going to be live at Split Rock. So those questions I'll throw on that podcast. And they're everything. They're really good questions, including some um, about the Wilds reverse retros and whether or not the Wild would ever implement that color scheme um, into uh, their real life, uh, you know, daily, uh, 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 you know, revolving door of, of potential jerseys. And I have a new opinion on that that I want to share with you, and I'll do that on the worst seats in the house. Let's talk about the Detroit game. Obviously, the the hot button topic was Ryan Reeves' hit on Philip Hironik. Um, a scary, scary incident happened just three minutes into uh, Thursday night's game. And as usual, uh, when something like that happens, people see it through their own lens of the team that they root for. So obviously, Detroit Red Wings fans all thought it was a dirty hit by a goon and that he should be, uh, you know, thrown to the gulag and uh, never play again or get a five game suspension or things like that. And Wild fans thought it was clean. Whether or not you, whatever your definition of clean is, um, is obviously subjective for everybody, but I can tell you that right when it happened and I looked at the replay, I knew that nothing was going to come of it from a league discipline standpoint. 
I tweeted that. And of course, Red Wings fans called me the most biased reporter ever. The reality is, is that it's my job to interpret these these hits. And I've covered these hits long enough to know how the league looks at them. This was a straight north-south hit on a player. When that happens, the only time that that uh, that a head injury is a head contact is called from a league discipline standpoint is if the player elevates into the head, picks the head as a target, um, or doesn't go through the guy as a clean body check. In this case, Ryan Reeves met all the thresholds for unavoidable head contact. He didn't charge him; he glided. He didn't. He had his arms tucked at his side. He tried to go through his chest. He didn't elevate, didn't leave the ice, nothing. And the the final factor in this is Hronik put himself in a vulnerable position with his posture. So when Hronik was staring at Ryan Reeves and then suddenly looked back behind him, that changed the entire play and the entire outcome of the play. If he is straighting, uh, skating head on, Reeves probably goes chest on into him. And so uh, I knew right away that this would be deemed under Rule 48.1, unavoidable head contact. I tweeted that, and of course, I'm the most biased reporter in the world in the eyes of the Detroit Red Wings fans. But in my opinion, my 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 belief is, as a reporter, I'm supposed to explain to people what the what happened on the play and what's going to be the outcome. And and uh, today here, I'm vindicated because that's exactly what the league called. They basically called it a great hockey hit, and that's what it was. Unfortunate outcome, but this is not. You know, this is this is a fast game. This game is not played in slow motion. Ryan Reeves is skating on at him. They lock eyes, and then not inexplicably, the guy turns behind him. And at that point, he's committed into the hit and goes through him. I think one issue here, there are a couple things. One is uh, I believe that bad habits have been created in the National Hockey League because the league has done such a good job mostly eliminating head hits. And what I mean by that is that the league really dinged these guys years ago with big suspensions and got rid of the whole, all the Scott Stevens type plays and the and the Nicholas Cronwalls, by the way, who Red Wings fans used to romanticize, who used to actually on a weekly basis scramble brains. Um, they 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 did a great job sort of getting rid of this in the game. So one thing when this happens is why it happens so rarely that fans blow up on it and the media blows up on it because they don't happen a lot. And they don't happen a lot because the league has done a good job legislating this stuff out of the game. So I think the league deserves a lot of kudos for that. But what it's also done is it's created a ton of bad habits on the ice. We see it with Kirill Kaprizov all the time. There are so many hospital passes that either he receives or gives, or he skates through the neutral zone with his head down with a guy coming at him from the side where that guy just peels off because the league has gotten rid of these open ice hits. And because of that, guys just take for granted that they're not going to get hit in these positions. So here, Hironic is coming up the middle of the defensive zone. It is the, any player, not just Ryan Reeves' job, when a guy is coming that recklessly out of the zone to hit him to separate him from the puck. That's what Reeves was trying to do there. I think Hronik took it for granted that he wasn't going to be hit there because it's very rare. Usually guys just peel off, which also, by the way, drives me nuts because this is supposed to be a checking game. But you see it all the time. There are so many times that Kaprizov is getting through the neutral zone that I hold my breath because I think he's about to get absolutely crushed. And you see the guy literally hit the brakes and peel off the guy. And we see that over and over again where years ago that wasn't the case. And it's because the league has done a good job getting rid of these plays. Well, I think Hironic here 
made a major mistake because he had to know Ryan Reeves was on the ice because 10 seconds earlier, the two of them tangled in the neutral zone. So this is his job to know that one, who you're out there against, but two, not to look behind you. Now, Derek Lalonde, the Detroit Red Wings coach after the game, explained in his eyes what happened because he wanted to know what Philip Hronick was thinking and why he left himself so exposed. And Hronick told the coach, Derek Lalonde, that he thought there was a delayed penalty, so he's looking behind him to see if uh, Helberg, the goalie, was going to the bench for, for an extra attacker. That now suddenly makes a lot more sense on why he suddenly looked behind him. Maybe he even thought that Reeves was the one getting the initial penalty for their little tussle in the neutral zone. And maybe he thought it was a delayed penalty from that and just got confused. And unfortunately, he left himself exposed. He was vulnerable. And he unfortunately took the brunt of it. The good news is um, that during the game, he wanted to come back. And the Detroit Red Wings actually didn't have their doctor there. But uh, Derek Lon said the Wild Doctors um, advised them not to let him play. And the trainers for the Detroit Red Wings abided by that. But the good news is that he felt good enough to want to come back. Now, obviously, if it's a concussion, um, you know, I know enough about concussions to know that it's always how you feel the next day and the next day and the next day. I think we're seeing that probably with Brandon Duhame even right now. Um, so um, right now, uh, let's just hope the kid is okay. But, um, but you know, I, I and trust me, I get like Red Wings fans were out of their minds angry uh, last night with the hit. That would happen if any wild player got hit like that. Wild fans would be the same exact way, whether it was the same, uh, you know, in my eyes, a good hockey hit um, or not. So I don't blame Red Wings fans for that. But man, did they get a little out of control last night and beyond, beyond, beyond mean, beyond nasty. Um, so anyway, uh, but Bill Guerin's coming on. We're going to talk to him about a bunch of this stuff. Again, while playing really well, Philip Gustafson playing really, really well uh, right now in his last um in his last eight games, he's 6-1-1, one, and, one, and in six of those games, he's given up two goals or fewer. Uh, he has one of the best save percentages and goals against averages in the NHL since mid-November, so playing really well, and I'm sure it wouldn't shock me if he'll get one of these next two games against Chicago and um, Ottawa. Um, it'll be interesting, because do you play him against his home, the, the team he used to play for, Ottawa, on Sunday, or do you go with Flurry there? Um, my guess is they would go with Flurry on Friday night, because he's coming off a great game against Edmonton, and plus it's a division game, but we'll see. Um, we'll see how they do that um, um, coming up here in the next little bit. Um, I don't believe it was Gustafson that played in, I don't think it was Gustafson that played in Ottawa, so maybe they'll give him uh, that chance, uh, Gustafson, to play Ottawa on Sunday, the team he used to play for. But without further ado, ado, Joe Smith and myself and Bill Guerin. Well, as mentioned, uh, back here on Straight from the Source, returning champion, he's been on this podcast about 25 times, uh, <laughs> but also uh, joining me is my colleague here from The Athletic, Joe Smith. We're coming to you from a uh, cigar club in uh, downtown Minneapolis. We brought our muscle. Uh, I hired Lasty here as my uh, bodyguard after the Detroit Red Wings fans like all threatened to kill me last night. Like I was the one that hit Philip Hronick. Bill Guerin, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's good yeah. that you brought the muscle. Yeah. Lasty's pretty intimidating, don't you think? He is. Yeah. He is. Goes about his job quietly. <laughs> yeah. Walks softly, carry a big stick. Yeah. Is well, that the, 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 uh, the quiet ones, right? Yes, exactly. exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, Bill, the last time that you and I talked, we were in Montreal. It wasn't a podcast, but, you know, the team got off to a little bit of a slow start. You basically said it's time to get going. And um, you got going right after that trip, hit a little bit of skids when injuries really caught up to you. And now here you are. You've won nine of the last 12, three in a row in regulation, seven of the last eight at home. 
Um, what do you think has changed? Well, I, I, I do think, uh, I do think health has played a, a big part in it. Um, we've gotten some guys back We're we're waiting on, on Hartsey and, uh, and Dewey to get back as well. I think we're going to get Hartsey back a lot sooner, but health is a big part of it. You know, Greeny's back. Um, and, and I, I really think the guys have, uh, you know, the coaches have done a really good job of, of messaging and, and the guys have listened and really dialed in their, their individual games and their, their game as a, as a, as a team, as a unit. And, uh, you know, and the goaltending has been, been much better. Obviously you mentioned Hartman is another guy that everybody wants to know about. Hasn't played since October 30th in Chicago. Skated today on his own. Do you have any idea? Like Dean says it's possible he could play tomorrow, right? And like, where do you see him fitting in when he's back? I'd see him more as a Sunday guy. I, I think, you know, it, it, you can't take a guy that's been out of the lineup that long and just throw him in without having like full team practices and things like that. You got to make sure that he's ready to go. And, um, you know, so if it's, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think he'd be able to play uh, tomorrow, but I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. So you assume that they'll practice on Saturday? I mean that was the one big thing today. <laughs> I assume, I assume, but who knows? This is a new league. I mean, there's right. barely any practice. Yeah, I, I would have loved it. Yeah, I know. I know, I know you're not the coach, obviously, but I know. I, I know you discuss the the lineup with the coaching staff all the time and give your two cents. Like how, with Hartman, um, do you see him going right back to that top line, or do you feel like they're going to need to ease him in a bit? Because the one area that you know, even Kaprizov and Zuccarello would say that five on five, they're probably not producing as much as they want. And maybe, you know, Hartman, who had 33 even strength goals last year, could maybe bring that that sort of demeanor back to that line. Yeah, he could. I, I think, you know, in just talking to the coaches, I, I, I know there's a couple of different scenarios that they're looking at. I don't really want to, you know, give that out. But, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. But, you know, Sam's done pretty well there also and, you know, probably deserves to stay there for a little while longer. But uh, we, we've just got to find out what works best. And I, I think, um, you know, they'll tinker with a few things and, and, and see what works. You know, if, you know, Hartsy does come back this week, we, uh, you know, we, we've got to give it some, some time to just kind of to gel again. You know, when you, when you put another guy in the lineup, it, it can kind of throw things off. But, uh, um, you know, throw things off in a good way. I think the kind of assumption is that maybe Sammy Walker might be the odd man out if you guys are fully healthy. I guess what did he, what did you learn about him that you didn't know about already watching him for NHL for the first time? And maybe could he be a guy who sticks or is he probably a guy who back that he can play? He, he can play. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just, I just really like this kid. He, he brings, you know, I, I saw him last night after the game. He just brings energy. He's just a, you know he's full of energy. He was he was excited to 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 be in the game. He was like he's really just it's it's what a young kid should look like when he's playing in his first you know few NHL games and and um, you know he's had great composure. I mean obviously his his biggest assets is speed and you know he he definitely brought that. But when he held on to the puck and uh, you know he made some plays and um, you know that that's a that's a that's a really nice uh, trait for a young player to have. So um, even if he is the odd man out and he spends more time in Iowa this year, so be it. You know, he, he's done really well with, with, uh, with his time down there and uh, he's made a big impact and, and earned his call up.
Yep, and probably maybe even first call up. Um, with Duham, you mentioned apartments ahead of him. Do you even see Duham even coming back before Christmas break, or probably? After? I, I don't. I yeah. really don't. I, I I think we're we just have to take it a little slower with him, and just uh, you know, it's uh, it's something where I, I think uh, probably more after Christmas, right? Yeah. And obviously, if you're lucky enough to get healthy here, um, somebody's going to have to come out of the lineup. How difficult a decision will that be when you see? You know, Sean, we saw Reese's impact last night. Yeah. Sean Dewar have turned into your two of your better penalty killers. Uh, Steele's been your number one center. We know what Hartman and Duham ha- can do. Yeah, this is a this is a coach's and a GM's dream mm-hmm. that you have to make tough decisions like this. And that means everybody's performing well at a high level. And, you know, you, you do. You have to make a tough decision, but it's so much better than Oh God, take this guy out! Like he's he's been brutal or whatever. Like that, this is what you want, and this is what this is what it's all about. And and the the internal competition and things that drive you, and and you have to, you have to compete. And um, you know our guys are doing it right now. So we yeah, somewhere down the line we're gonna have some really hard decisions, and that's part of it. I guess where does that leave like Marco Rossi in the conversation? I know, you know, the whole idea the plan was maybe to have him there for a little bit and get his confidence back, get some touches like that. Like, obviously it's good. you have all these healthy bodies where you don't have tough decisions, but where is, where is he in the whole landscape of things? You'd be down there for a while then until there's yeah. an injury. Or- yeah. I mean, Marco, like he's still very important. He's still in the mix. It's not like we, we haven't forgotten about him. Uh, but you know what? He, he's got to go through the process and you know, it, it's not, always easy it doesn't always go super smooth and you know what that's okay you know what uh sometimes when you you travel down these rough roads it it it, you know it makes you a little stronger it makes you a little better and you really you just have to work for it and it it, it's not just given to you you have to you really have to earn it and and you know what marco's you know he's he's been up and down down there and um you know he's just got to you know, like when I say he, he's got to figure it out, like we're helping him figure it out, but he's really got to, you know, figure it out on his own a bit too. Yeah. I mean, what, what did you not see from him and what do you want to see from him when he gets back up here? Because I, I look, I, I know Sammy Walker is a couple years older, but he made his presence known immediately. That's you what know? I want. Yeah. That's what I want. Assertiveness. Yeah. Playing like, like a, like, like some, some, some jam, some excitement, some, some fuck you in your game. Yeah. Like that's, that's what you need to survive in this league. It's not a, it's not a league for the nicest guys. Like it's just, I mean, you can be a nice guy. You can be a great guy, but when there's, when there's uh, games to be won and, and 50, 50 battles and things like that, you have to have some, some jam to your game. And, and that's what we're looking for. Speaking of jam and fu in your game, Ryan Reeves epitomizes that. You know, only had him for a few weeks or maybe a month now. Just what have you seen overall, like on, behind the scenes too? You know, about having that kind of personality in the room that kind of could be helpful down the yeah, street. Yeah, he's just a big personality. I think he 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 um, he raises the the inten- the energy level, the intensity level, the confidence level. Um, you know, he's a he's a big personality. So at, at the same time as you know, raising the compete and the energy and all that stuff. He keeps things very loose, uh, which I like. And, uh, you know, like, again, like he made, he made his presence felt last night in the game and he, he's been a contributor every night. And, um, you know, he, I think he's been a really 
really good addition. I think the guys really like having him on the team. Do you, um, you, you know, back in the old days, we saw pl- players like Ryan Reeves all the time. They're obviously getting less and less. Um, but a couple of the comments after last night's game really reminded me of covering the old NHL. Uh, a couple, one, one of your players said that, that you guys feel six feet taller on the ice. Matt Dumba said after the game, it's awfully quiet out there when uh, not even when Reeves is just on the ice, but just when the, having Reeves in the lineup. Well, I mean, do you buy that? I mean, you played the game for a long time. You played a hard-nosed game for a long time. Do you buy that theory actually exists? Is that when you are a player on the ice, do you feel that of Ryan Reeves, even if he's not maybe you know, playing every shift, that he actually brings that sort of mentality to a lineup? Yes. Yeah, I do believe in it. I mean, it's still, it's not what it used to be. I mean, there used to be, you know, four, four of those guys in the lineup on each side every night. And it was, yeah, you, you, you had to watch it. Like, and, um, you know, it's not what it used to be like, but it's still there. It's still, it's still hockey. And there's still, um, you know, there, there's still a physical uh, aspect of the game and, um, you know, things, Things do get, uh, you know, a little sideways some nights, like they did last night a bit. But, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I think, you know, whoever said that, I think you said dumb said it. Yeah, like, dumb said it. And the other true, one was, you know what? And, yep. and, you know, it, that, that's why he's here. Yeah. The six feet taller, I won't say just because it was him and I shooting the breeze and technically yeah. wasn't on the record. Six feet tall right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I would love to get just six feet tall as it is. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, what do you think of the hit? Because it is, I mean, it's so interesting. Like, we used to see these hits all the time, and the league has done a really good job of getting them out. But the one thing I will say about Heronic there, and uh, to Derek Lalonde's credit after the game, he basically put it on his player and wanted to know what he was thinking. And clearly there was probably a, m- a mistake in judgment. He thought that there was a delayed penalty, and that now makes maybe more sense why he was looking behind him. But it does seem like there are bad habits in today's game. Like years ago, you know, you could not put your head down in the middle of the ice. Uh, right. You'd know right. you were going to get clocked. And I think that because these players now take for granted that they're not going to get hit. I mean, even Kaprizov at times will skate in the middle of the, you know, get a hospital pass or skate with his head down in the neutral zone where I'll be like right away. Somebody's about to come and I get all nervous and the guy peels off. It just seems like today's game uh, it, because t- guys take for granted they're not going to get hit, they they do what Heronic did. Just they will they, get hit, yeah. though. Yeah, and the, you know, especially when I was doing player development, I would tell the young young guys, don't expect somebody else to be responsible for your head, for your injuries. You have to take responsibility for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lalonde's comments were, I, I think they were bang on. You know, any, nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. I thought it was a clean hit. It was hard. Um, it was a little tough to figure out what, what he was thinking. But, um, you know, players, all players, not just Ronick, No, I mean, all players, you, you have to take responsibility sometimes for yourself. That's why I don't understand when defensemen go back facing the boards with their back turned to a guy. They know it's going to hit them. Yeah. And then they're like, I can't believe he hit me. Well, what would you think he was going to do? Yeah. You know, um, you have to take responsibility for your own health. And you know what? Back if if I gave somebody a buddy pass up the middle, he wouldn't take it, or I wouldn't take it. And then you go back to the bench, and whoever gave you the buddy pass, you'd give him shit. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, you also have to had to recognize if if Scott Stevens or Brian Marchment or Casparitis or one of these guys were on the ice, you have to beware. Your Darian Hatcher, or Eric Lindros, like you, you, you have to look out. They, they will, they will crush you. And that was the weirdest thing about that play because Hironic and Reeves had just tussled in the neutral zone ten seconds earlier. Like he yeah, had to yeah. know he was out. Yeah, there. it was it was a weird play for sure. And and you know what? Uh, I think the most important thing is that is that he gets healthy and yeah. and and we can move on. The the good thing about it was a clean hit. Um, but you know you you just don't like seeing guys get hurt. You just came from the board of governors meetings and. Batman said that the cap's going to go up probably about $1 million next year unless there's a lot of things with the Canadian hockey teams making the playoffs and maybe extend it. Like, that what you kind of expected? And like how much of a headache will this be, I guess, for you going into next year? I don't know if you can get stuff done in advance and so you have some cost certainty. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're prepared for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you prepare for the worst, and we're prepared for it to go up a million. If it goes up four, then we'll definitely be ready for that. <laughs> like, that, that would be great, but... Um, you know, we're, we're prepared for both scenarios and we know what it'll look like, uh, what we'll, what we'll be able to do. Um, and now it's, 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 it's really just a matter of, you know, the, the dollars and, and, you know, the escrow and all that stuff and seeing what, what happens. There's really not, there's really not much we can do, but watch and wait. Is it, has there any talks have been started yet with some of these guys that are like RFAs or so? Like, do you get started early on that, or is that something you have to kind of wait? No, until we're this? we're discussing a lot of it internally right now and just kind of kind of mapping it out. Like, there are different scenarios for different players and different personal circumstances that you know we all want to discuss. And um, you know, although we make we make the decisions in, in hockey ops. Uh, we want to get the coaches feelings on, on certain players and things like that, because, you know, you, you want to see how far you, you, you go with guys because Dean's going to be here. And, you know, if, if he likes a guy a lot, that's great. If he, if he's not so keen on him, well, then we have to adjust our expectations. So, um, but we'll make the final calls on that. And, and, uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're cons- constantly preparing for the future. So Freddie Goudreau, eight-year deal coming. Pretty quick. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so you got $15.5 million. You got Boldy, Goudreau, Shaw, Duhame, Reeves, Addison, Dumba, Gustafson, Steele. That are, are, Is that uh, it? Yeah, that's it. Uh, so if each guy takes a million bucks, you could probably get it done. Um, so how, how, like how do you – I mean, you're going to have to make tough decisions, right? I mean, this is a lot in, – in a way – a lot like last summer where you're going to have to maybe. Um, it's like last summer, the summer before. Yeah. The summer before that. Yeah. It's, there's always tough decisions. Mm-hmm. Matt Boldy, it's going to have to be a bridge deal, right? I mean, there's, I don't see any other way. I don't know. Yeah. Is he going to take a eight-year deal at $3 million or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how's Those it not a bridge deal? You, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I, You know what? Like I said, we'll, we'll see, and and uh, like we think we like to think we're going to make the decisions, but it's it's a two way street. The guys mm-hmm. have to, you know, be in on this too, and and um, you know, but I, I think we have a group of guys that really like to play here, and I I think, you know, especially with, with when Ryan Hartman did. I'm not asking guys to take pay cuts all the time, but like when Ryan Hartman took that deal and sacrificed, 
you know, a, a couple bucks on the AAV and took the extra year because he knew he was in a good place for him personally. Uh, you know, I, that proved to me that this is a this is a really good place. This is a great place to play. It's a great place for the guys to live. But they all like it here, and we want to keep them together. So happened in Tampa when I was there. Like Samco's took the hometown discount to stay in Tampa in sixteen. No one want to go above eight point five. So you have guys that sell, you know, pretty good deals. They'll be be last the test of time here. Um, how do you know when that culture is there, or how do you using well, that one guy, Hartman or like a Kaprizov, to take that one all of a sudden it kind of filters down? Yeah, well, I, I think we're seeing it now. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I think Marcus could have probably got more in the open market at the time, but wanted to be here. Um, you know, like I said, Hartsey, uh, you know, Kirill, Kirill really wanted to be here, and he took the five years instead of, you know, a, a shorter deal. Um, you know, it, it's uh, – I, I, I think this is a group of guys that just really like it here, and I, I think we're starting to see that. Yeah. Part of the culture is if you can get rid of the state income tax, I might help on getting <laughs> more hometown discounts like Stamkos. God, wouldn't that yeah, be nice? Yeah. Um, let me ask you, like about Dumba is the, the one that I think is always the hot button topic. I'm sure you're aware of that. We sat here last year, week, couple days after your, your interview on the fan. Um, how is he handling this right now, knowing that, you know, look, uh, we just did the math. He's done the math. He's not stupid that, that this could be it. I mean, how is he handling this internally? Have you had discussions with him? Matt and I had a dis short discussion earlier on in the year, mm -hmm. and um, we both know the situation. We don't have to BS each other and just, you know, we, we don't want to be on pins and needles. I don't want him to be on pins and needles. Just play. And, you know, it'll, it'll all work itself out in the end. Uh, you know, and I, I think he's, I think maybe at the beginning of the year, maybe, and I'm assuming this, this is not anything I've heard that maybe it was bothering him a little bit. And I think the last six weeks or month, whatever, I think he's really settled down and, and really played some good hockey. I think the belief or thought was that, you know, you were looking for some top six help or for the deadline or a couple months away. And I don't know if some of the internal health things will answer that internally for you, but do you still do you feel that way? Do you think if you're looking a couple months ahead, like if as far as the needs for this team, if you want to go beyond where you went last year, that you would maybe need to bolster that position up front? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, I would I would like that. I would probably like a little more scoring if we need it. Um, you know, like I said, Hartsy coming back, if he can, you know, get his, regain his scoring touch again, then we probably won't need it. But, I mean, I think, to be honest with you, I, I think uh, – in order for us to go further, we, we just we just can't. It wasn't because we couldn't score, we couldn't do this. Is because we didn't play the right way at, in, in a critical time. And I think that's the main thing that our coaches and our players have been working on this year is playing the right way in tough games, uh, in tight games, and not just you know, being too loosey-goosey. So I think that's more the thing for advancing rather than just players. Right. For the, you know, when, when we talked, uh, I can't remember when you, when, what, what we did that scrum. What was the reason for that? I can't remember. When we did the scrum uh, upstairs. Oh, okay. When you, uh, we were talking about potentially Rossi going down. Yeah. Um, and, and there you were transparent that you were potentially looking for a top six player. Would you say, though, it's dissipated a little bit now that you're one, have, have one nine of 12, but two, uh, you're, you have almost too many forwards as we just right. discussed here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely, the it's definitely calmed down a bit. Um, 
But again, like I mean, you know how I always say it: if if One we can call. make the, if we can make the team better, we will. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That like, I, and you have to be careful because this is a team big on chemistry, big right. on uh, you know working together, and and you've got them. If we're going to do something like that, you know, you have to you have to weigh it out. Like, who's going out? You know, mm-hmm. how big of an impact would that be? Who's coming in? What kind of guy are they? What kind of teammate? All that stuff. So you got to be really careful. Right. You mentioned goaltending has been much, much be- better, uh, especially Philip Gustafson. I mean, uh, you know, early in the season, I'm like, oh, boy. Um, and then, yeah. I'm sure you. I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Um, but suddenly, I mean, man, you know, I know you guys have insulated him a little bit, giving him probably the right opponents and things like that. But, man, he just continues to come in and, and play really, really well. Does that um, – when it comes to Jesper Wallstadt, does that sort of now allow you to maybe overbake him if all of a sudden Gustafson looks like somebody that, hey, he, yeah. this guy's Oh, 20- for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to take it year by year. And, you know, I think Gus has been fantastic. I even think even, even early in the year, you know, I just always go back to that Colorado game. He had the one bad bobble um, uh, where, where, you know, he could have attacked the puck a little bit more and, and kind of caught it in his gut. Um, but then he, you know, it was a high stick by McDermott. Not, it wasn't a high stick, but you know, that rolled over his head. Then there was a, there was another bad bounce, bounce in that game yeah. too. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but like, then we lost to Detroit in Detroit where he played phenomenal. We just couldn't score more than one goal. So uh, he's even been better than his record shows. And I just, I think he's been, I think he's been really good. I think Flower's been really good. Um, I think Flowers probably helped him a lot. I think Freddie Shabbat's done a fantastic job with him. And, um, you know, it, it's it's something that, uh, you know, we, we obviously love to see is, is our goalies playing well. So, yeah, Talbot's back this weekend uh, with Ottawa, and I know your plan all along going into summer was having him and, and Flurry together as kind of that tandem. It's worked out really well with, with Gustafson so far. When you look back at that time, as I know it's like kind of like a 48-hour craziness, like, so you had the change of heart. Like, do you look back on things and like it was for the better, or like do you look back on that time and like you know wonder what if, or is it just kind of one of those things where you? I don't like, wonder what if. No, I, I really don't. I you know just put it in the rearview mirror and keep driving forward. Um, got a got a couple of Twitter questions for you. Uh, Ryan wants to know just uh, what is the biggest difference in the game today from uh, when you're playing? And actually, these aren't Twitter questions. These are athletic uh, commenters want to know. Oh. <laughs> only, I only put... Where do I begin? Yeah, exactly. No, I would say the speed and the skill. Mm-hmm. Like, the game is so fast now. Like, mm-hmm. you... It is... I mean, the, the, just the speed of the game is incredible. And then what the players do with the puck in small areas, uh, you know, just the, the whole skill level is mm-hmm. just... I mean, the game is... Consist, you know, through the years, has gotten, you know, bigger, better, mm-hmm. stronger, faster, all that stuff, and it, and it continues to do that. Um, but the 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 puck skills of the players are, are just incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned one of the, on, the, on the cap. All I've heard over years is like, is it to go up by like a, a huge amount in a few years, or that number is going to go up, you know, ten million or whatever it might be? Is that like something you all as GMs expect that at some point? Like eventually, like you know, when the escrow gets paid off, like you'll have a when you look two years down the road, the steady like, climb. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I definitely do. And you know what? It's, um, 
you know, somebody asked me uh, about like the baseball contracts and do you ever see yourself, could you ever walk into your owner and suggest giving $350 million to a player? I said, yes, absolutely. Because you can do that when, when the finances of the league say you can do that and you can afford it. And I think our league is healthier than ever. Um, the, the, the revenues are, 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 are better than ever and they're going to continue to do it. And, um, you know, that, that's one of the things I love about being involved so much, like in, in going to the GM meetings, going to the board of governor meetings, you just, you see the growth of the league and, and, you know, in, in, in Gary's tenure, it's really incredible. And he deserves a ton of credit. Um, it just keeps getting better and better. And so, yeah, I, I do expect when, you know, and, and like COVID was just such a crazy thing that halted our, 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 our growth. And, but we're, we're, we're right back in the saddle and it, it's just amazing. It's amazing that actually you guys are right back in the saddle. Like, I don't know yeah, how the league survived to basically you know, during that whole time. Um, Anthony, it's, a, it's a great, it's yeah. a great game. It's a great product. We have unbelievable fans. People were starving for it. So, you know, you, you just, you get back. Um, Anthony wants to know, uh, it seems like Bill has no issue saying what's on his mind. Has he always been that way? Did he learn a few years in the league or from a mentor? Or does he have a few, get a few drinks in before going on and doing interviews? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've always just been like this. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel like, uh, if I need to keep something quiet, yeah. I, I will. I mean, you, you know, you know, like we, we've we've talked uh, many times, and sometimes there are things where, like when we're talking, I'm not telling you something, <laughs> but you know that you yeah. like that's 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 the relationship, that's the business, and but you know what? When it comes to our team and what comes to what I'm thinking, yeah, and um, you know, I always try to be respectful, and yeah. and uh, but yeah, I. I I've always been like that. Bob Ryan once told me, uh, uh, who I'm sure you've read a thousand times growing up in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. uh, yep. He once told me, he goes, always assume you're being lied to by the GM and never take it personally. <laughs> yeah, and it was totally. a real great learning yeah. lesson because yeah. I, I remember like, you know, over the years I've covered so many GMs that if I caught him in a lie, I get so angry and take it like, oh, that was a personal affront to me. And, and you start to realize, hey, there's a reason why. Yeah, no, you know, I, yeah. like, honestly, if I need to keep something quiet, I will yeah. lie to your face. Yeah. And I'm not good at it. I'm not, but I will. Bad I your face, right? And or I have it, to. <laughs> and I have to. Yeah. You, you said what's kind of held you back after that first round and was kind of playing the right way at the right time. And I think part of what Dean said, being harder on guys to hold the here and being able to be ready for that moment. How do you know? Like, you've won championship before. Like, how do you know when a team going into playoffs – you know, is ready for those kind of adverse moments that it will, it will be different that time. I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 pleased the way our team's playing because, like, you see, you know, the way we played against Edmonton, uh, especially the the two games at home that we won, and we held them to like limited shots, and we didn't give up much. You know, and and guys weren't. You know, even Zuki's comment in the paper, like, "Hey, we all want to make plays, but there are certain times of the game where you just can't." You know, and you have to do certain things, and that's 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 a sign that I'm looking for. Like we're, you know, you just you really have to be responsible. You can't play the same way, you know, if it's one nothing in the th first period as opposed to one nothing in the third period. You just you can't. You have to adjust the way you play. Uh, Greg wants to know World Juniors. Obviously, you guys are going to have uh, some good representatives there, Ogren and and um, 
who's going to be really good for Sweden. And I think Pert and uh, Bankier made it, which yep. I think was a big surprise. But, you know, conversely, Lambos was obviously a disappointing cut. What were your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it's disappointing um, that that uh, Lambos didn't make it. But, you know what, he, he was there before. And, um, you know, he's on a really good team in, in Winnipeg and will have a chance at a at a Memorial Cup. So, um, you know, we, it's just, you're disappointed for, for the, the player. Um, but the other guys that, that are going to represent their countries, it's, it's great. And, um, you know, I'll be going up there just after Christmas to, to watch. And it's always a, it's a great tournament. It's amazing how much it's grown. And, uh, you know, to have some prospects there is, is really cool. As beat writers, our mentions are filled with two things, trade deadline and like the next hot prospect in your organization, right? And you have one in your backyard here with Brock Faber, and I know you had a chance to see him play. Like, what's your read on how he's playing, how he looks, and like, is he a guy that you could see here in, in the, the back a couple end? Months. Yeah, yeah. A couple months. Yeah. <laughs> or tomorrow, or whatever, whenever, whenever that case may be. So. Yeah, no, Brock looks great. I, I saw him play last Friday, and um, yeah, he looked real good. I, I, I spoke to him uh, yesterday, and uh, uh Busted his chops because they they beat uh, they beat Wisconsin seven one and he had the turnover, so I had to bust his chops a little bit. But he's really good about it, and I, I just really like his game. He's um, you know his skating's really good, and and just he knows he has things that he's going to have to work on. But um, yeah, he's he's a really good player. And he, uh, I mean, frankly, if they win at all, I mean, you you might only see him for a little bit, right? I mean, you know, yeah. that would take him right into early April, yep. right before yep. the playoffs. Yep. Um, uh, Emma wants to know: Has anyone ever considered uh, seeing what Greenway can do at center? We've actually seen him at center a little yeah, bit we here, have. Yep. and Boldy as well. We haven't we seen have, that not really. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for you, either of them. Yeah, I mean, would you ever consider maybe experimenting then? No. Make, no, no. They are they're wingers. wingers. Yep, they're wingers. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark wants to know, have we changed your expectations on when prospects are going to be NHL ready? Rossi, Beckman, Walker. Seems like uh, seems like we plan to be using them because of our cap situation, and they were all in Iowa when healthy. No, uh, they're, they're going to be ready when they're ready. We're not going to rush them just because of our cap situation. We'll, we'll get other players. Um, I think, uh, but you know what? They all develop it. it at different at different speeds you know and and you know one guy might be ready before the other guy even though he's younger like it it's just it's just different um so you have to you have to treat everybody individually and uh and give them what they need and and be patient with them yeah as the gm you have the pulse of the team as more than anybody else does and you know in, in tampa they're like you know when you're one player away you have to be aggressive at the deadline and do that and they've done that several times and and your read of this team, like, do you feel like how aggressive can you be or want to be at a deadline when you know, like, realistically, a view of your team of where they are in that championship arc and cycle with the cap situation that you know you're in? I think that's the important thing is being realistic. And, um, you know, we have two things to worry about. We have, we have the present and the future. And we've got to be really cognizant of both and um, give, our, give our current guys, try to give our current guys what, what they need or what our you know, what our team needs to, you know, to, to do well this year, um, without, without sacrificing our future. What's the latest with the family. I saw we see Liam alive. <laughs> Obviously they're on break. Uh, how's it been watching him in your hometown and, uh, how the daughters. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome having him locally. And, uh, uh, it, it, you know what the, 
my kids are doing great. My my daughter in New York is like, she's like living her best life. Every every <laughs> weekend, it's like I'm at a rooftop club here. Or I'm at a <laughs> this for you know this thing or that thing. She's busy as hell and she's loving it. My uh, daughter Grace is going through her uh, her med school interviews right now, which is which is nuts. Like. I tried to answer a couple of her yeah. questions last night and she was like, she was laughing at yeah. me. Um, yeah. Liam's doing great at Hamlin and um, love having him working, working on game nights and uh, you know, Lexi's crushing it at ASU getting ready for lacrosse season yeah. and, and she's interning with the coyotes. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're doing great. And Kara's uh, still putting up with my, with my crap and, <laughs> We're getting ready for getting ready for Christmas, and everybody will be home. So it'll be yeah. it'll be really exciting. I, I, I love it. I was talking to Liam about his girlfriend yesterday. I said instead of doing a father son story, I want to do the uh, that story. Oh, like, that would be that'd be a great. That article. would be actually a great article. Yeah. Can we reveal really? who he's dating or no? Or, or, I don't think okay, so. Right, I, right. Yeah, but it it, it's, <laughs> it would re- really be a great. It really would hockey be. family yeah. story. Like, right you, you'd have to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get permission. I did yeah. tell him, I'm like, at a minimum, I'm going to mention it in the father-son yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He has a strong uh, suit game, by the way. Strong yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. He does. He's got a strong suit game. Um, trying to think. I thought I had something else for you. Oh, uh, I did want to ask you. I'm like, were you a little uh, miffed when I knew that, that your pro scouting meetings were in Tucson the other day? Or a little... I don't spook. get mi- I don't get miffed at that yeah. stuff. But you had to be wondering what the yeah, hell. Yeah, I'm like, it? I didn't. I thought you might have been down there, but no, the guys got together in Tucson yeah. and. You know they do it. Uh, they do it around this time every year, and just kind of, you know, go through uh, go through our grading system and things like that, and yeah. and you know wants and needs and prioritize prioritizing things. And Chris Kelleher does a great job with our with our pro scouts, and Ray Shero was down there with those guys, yeah. and uh, yeah, that it's good for them to get yeah. together as a group. They're yeah. you know the amateur scouts, pro scouts, like they all have their. They're uh, like they're their teams, you know, mm-hmm. and and Judd's leader one, Chris is the leader of the other. But then you know we'll have our midseason meetings in January where you know the two come together and you know because I, I I think it's important that both sides you know coexist. You know one one's not more important than the other. It, it and just that one time of year we can all be together and just uh, just yeah. you know get through a bunch of stuff. And just, and just so everybody knows, the inside joke there is like, what are the chances? But the Patriot writers yeah, are staying yeah. <laughs> at the same hotel in Tucson uh, with the wild uh, pro scouts. We're having meetings there. So a couple of the Patriot writers who would normally not be Keller there. Would, but, yeah. Keller would have loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden I get this like text message. It's just like a picture. It's this Minnesota wild meetings. I'm like, well, I know, I know that Billy was at the Board of Governors in uh, Florida. Like, what the hell is going on in Tucson? So, yeah. had to do a little homework. Any other questions for you? Yeah, like, what are some of your best relationships in the, among GMs in the league? Like, I know guys, like, you get, you talk so much over trades or just at the meetings. Like, who's the guys you've kind of become closer with in this stage of your, your life and your career? Yeah, God. You know what? Honestly, I have good relationships with all of them. They're all real good guys and helpful. I mean, we all want to get what we want but um you know uh tom fitzgerald's a, a very close friend and has been for a long time um you know brad Living's become a really good friend kyle dubas yarmo kickalein and billy zito uh don sween like i honestly don waddell i could go on and on like this there's some of these guys have known a long long time um 
you know, they're, they're just they're just good people. What's the record in pickleball against these guys? You know, uh, Julian, Julian, <laughs> Julian's pickleball crazy. I've played pickleball twice, and once was with him. Okay. And uh, well, no, I played more than more than twice. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's something I wish I could play more or got more into. But um, I, I think uh, I know I'm one to know against Julian. So that that's all that really wow, matters. That's pretty impressive. Who's your teammate? Was it doubles? Uh, no, Yarmo. 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 Oh, yeah, Yarmo yeah. and I played against Julian and Joe Sackick. And and Yarmo's a good player. Yarmo and Julian have played quite a bit against each other or with each other. Like whereas, like I think Julian travels into uh, Columbus and they go play together. Like. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's just go grab a steak and a couple beers or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, they had 60 days in the bubble to practice that in the, yeah, in, in, in they, the hotel. They had a lot of time to do that. So that's probably where the... And I thought it was genius. I, I Looking back, I should have done that. But That's pretty cool. Lastie, any questions? You know Lastie has opinions, though. Yeah, he definitely I, has I, I, I get my uh, thumbs up, thumbs down texts from from last <laughs> before year. Every, before every trade, you say, hey, should I do this? They, they know, the, but the Lassie's opinion means a lot to me. Yeah, yep. exactly. Well, hey, Billy, uh, as always, appreciate it. It's got to be like your 10th time on this podcast. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I like doing this. It's yep. good, casual conversation. Well, appreciate it. And uh, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Well, thanks, as always, to Bill Guerin for joining Straight from the source, he's been on a ton, and this is the first time that he did one with uh, Joe Smith and myself. Uh, hopefully, you got a lot of information um, that you like. Uh, the Wild play the Chicago Blackhawks on Friday, then the Ottawa Senators on Sunday, then they head to Anaheim and San Jose next week for back-to-back games before the Christmas break. I'll be on that trip. Um, <clears throat> I think I mentioned in the open that uh, I'll also be going to Arizona on Saturday to do some really cool stories and podcasts down there that will be in the Athletic Hockey Show next week. Um, I am going to be covering the Arizona Coyotes-Buffalo Sabres game and the Arizona Coyotes-Montreal Canadiens game. I'm sitting down with Matty Nyes and his dad. I'm sitting down with, uh, uh, potentially, it looks like Austin Matthews' parents as well. I'm doing a podcast with Arizona Coyotes GM uh, Bill Armstrong, Buffalo Sabres GM Kevin Adams, Tage Thompson, uh, potentially some Montreal Canadiens as well. So uh, lots of stuff that will be not only written in The Athletic in the coming days, but also podcasts that will be on next week's Athletic Hockey Show. And speaking of The Athletic Hockey Show, Red Wings head coach Derek Lalonde joined Sean Gentile and Max Boltman this week on The Athletic Hockey Show. And John Shannon, uh, one of the great television producers, and then on the other side of the camera, Insiders. Um, he it was our guest on the Roundtable with Rob Pizzo, Jesse Granger, and myself on Wednesday. So check that out. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. And by the way, if you don't subscribe to the Athletics NHL YouTube channel, do that at the youtube.com slash at the at symbol, the Athletic Hockey Show. Again, youtube.com slash at the Athletic Hockey Show, but use the at symbol. Get a new subscription to The Athletic for just $2 per month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Again, 2 bucks a month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. And next week, Andrew Height, the Wilds Director of Team Operations and Player Relations, will be joining me on Straight from the Source. If I don't talk to you before, well, you'll hear from me before that. But if for some reason you don't uh, listen to the podcasts, 
in the upcoming days. Have a uh, happy holidays, everybody. Happy New Year and all of that good stuff. Talk to you soon, everybody.